You're listening to Get Connected. Mike Agarbo with Andy Brewer in studio today. We've got a great show for you. Later on in the program, uh, we'll be talking about how you can save money when you're roaming with your smartphone down in the U.S. and Mexico, for that matter. Uh, I know a lot of people have been stung with uh, roaming bills, especially on uh, things like data in the past. You see these horror stories of uh, people, kids, running up thousands of dollars. Well, and it is the 4th of July, so I think a lot of people are going to be going down to the States to see some of the fireworks and uh, big celebrations that are going to happen there with the kids. So we'll learn about how you can save money doing that when you're traveling in the U.S. It's the 30th year anniversary of the cell phone in Canada. Can you believe it's been that long? Well, we've got a really cool guest on, one of the first cell phone customers uh, in our country. In fact, he was the first cell phone customer. He paid a lot, and we're going to talk to him about that experience and uh, see, see what kind of phone he has now. And Apple Music has launched. Is it right for you? What's it all about? Well, we'll give you the lowdown on that, too. Lots of uh, tech uh, stories in the, uh, the news uh, this uh, week, uh, Andy. Uh, this was kind of uh, interesting. Uh, MasterCard wants to let you buy stuff with your face. <laughs> yeah. Basically, we'll finally get a purpose for the selfie. And, and it all comes down to the online payments. You know, everyone knows that you have to enter your password all the time when you're making online payments. Well, they want to change that and be able to authenticate using either your fingerprint or in this case, they're doing a pilot program to see if they can authenticate you by taking a picture of your face. <laughs> it's funny. It's like, I, you know, I've, I've seen laptops that have that. Uh, I, know, I think Lenovo has uh, laptops that use the webcam uh, and uses your face as the password to get into the computer. I'm just wondering if this will take off. I think it will. As long as it makes it easier for people to to make payments without having to put in a password, and as long as the security is still there, I think a lot of people uh, would, you know, put their their phone right up to their face uh, and scan it before making or to verify that they are, in fact, making purchases when they're doing mobile payments. Well, we'll have to wait and see if that really takes off uh, or not. Uh, Facebook is uh, set to share ad money to gain more videos for their platform. So, uh, you know, if you go through your Facebook news feed, you're probably seeing more and more videos, more suggested videos. Well, now they're going to let uh, content creators uh, share in the revenue, much like YouTube does. Really, Facebook is going on a collision course with YouTube in trying to attract advertisers. And if you look at you know, anyone's nude fees now, you have those videos playing automatically. What's, what's, what's great about video, Mike, and you know this probably better than I do, is that it is so measurable. Everything that you, so if you're trying to sell ads and you're doing it on video and it's appearing on Facebook, you can measure not only are people watching the video, but for how long. And then you can make different types of agreements on, hey, if we can get people to watch 10 seconds of this, of this video of yours, uh, we'll, we, we will charge this much or we'll pay you this much. And I think that's a real uh, sweet spot for advertisers to use something like Facebook, which has, like, what, 1.3 billion active users? Active users, yeah. Active users. Uh, so YouTube is obviously going to have to react to this, and, and see, it's going to be interesting to see what happens in the next couple of years with video and social media. And uh, the revenue splits uh, for ads that they sell into it, it's 55% of the revenue from ads uh, will go uh, towards, I guess, the content creator. And that's exactly on par with YouTube. So if you look at active users with both Facebook and YouTube, it's about a billion users. Um, 
so I wonder how they're going to entice people to use uh, Facebook video instead of YouTube because both are very, very popular. And I think a lot of people, when they think of video, they think of YouTube naturally. Well, that'll, uh, I think, uh, change a little bit over the next few years as Facebook gets more into it. Uh, this was an interesting one as well. The U.S. Navy is uh, still using Windows XP software, which is like 14 years old now in uh, a lot of their systems. And uh, it's reported that they have to pay Microsoft uh, $9 million a year now to continue supporting it and upgrading it for their Navy ships. Isn't it amazing? We have Windows 10 coming out. Uh, July 29th, and here you have the U.S. Navy still using a 14-year-old operating system. Mind you, it was my favorite of all time. I thought XP was the most stable operating system, but Microsoft has stopped supporting that. And what's happened is now the U.S. Navy has to pay Microsoft to support this outdated um, legacy type of software because for them to just roll out the new operating system with all the security and all the you know minute details that are required by the U.S. Navy... It's very, very hard, but they have to, they have to change. You can't – that's an old, old piece of software. I'll, just imagine the computers that were using XP when it first came out back in – what was it, like 99 or 2000? I know. I still have a bunch in my garage. <laughs> yeah. I, but just you, don't, I don't want to get rid of them. But imagine the, the U.S. Navy is probably using computers as well that are very old, using the same software. I know, software. but there's some pretty specialized systems they have on there, so I imagine – Upgrading to a whole new system is not just as simple as uh, upgrading that computer or the operating system. It's probably like millions of dollars. But we see, this, we see this with a lot of businesses as well. Uh, banks, for example, are still using old XP software because to roll out the new, uh, basically the new operating system is, is not easy. It takes a lot, a lot of work and a lot of time and a lot of money, of course. You talked about Windows 10 there uh, coming out July 29th, uh, within a month here. Are you yeah. going to upgrade? Oh, I'm I'm all over it. That's really? like it's like my birthday. I can't wait. <laughs> all my computers are going to get this Windows 10 you're upgrade. You are brave. You are brave. Well, right away, I'm going to become a master at Windows 10 within, I'd say, two weeks. And Windows 8 and 8.1 will be a footnote in history. Exactly. I never really got into it. Do you think they'll be uh, those Windows 8 will be like the Windows Vista? It is. It is. In, in my mind, it is another version of Vista where they Microsoft has this tendency of coming up with a new operating system that just becomes a dud, and the next one actually saves the day. And I think that's what Windows 10 is going to do. It'll be interesting. I'm, I, you know, I've got a, a number of computers in my house, and I think a lot of us do now. I'm going to try it on uh, at least one to start mm -hmm. and just to see what happens. And the cool thing is uh, the Raspberry Pi 2 computers, these little $50 computers, are also going to support it as well. So Yeah, they're making a version for that. Well, Microsoft said they're making a version yeah. for it. So that's going to be really exciting because that's going to open up a lot of possibilities. When you have $50 computers, you can do just about anything, especially when you have Windows 10 on it. Yeah, it's uh, an interesting strategy, uh, giving it away free to people that have uh, Windows 7 or Windows 8 or 8.1. Originally, they were saying, we were talking about this, that if you had a pirated version of Windows, they were going to let you, um, they were going to support that and let you upgrade. But it looks like now, I've been reading their Microsoft blog, that doesn't seem to be the case. So you're going to have to have a legitimate copy of um, Windows 7, Windows 8 to upgrade to Windows 10. What kind of prize we got this week, Andy? This week, we are giving away a copy of Corel Paint Shop Pro. If you have photos out there that you want to touch up, it's a great little piece of software. It's the X7 version. All you got to do is go to our website, www.getconnectedmedia.com. 
It's interesting, uh, Corel Draw. I used to use that. Uh, I know back in the day. I still use it. That's why. That's why I thought we should make it this week's prize because it's like a piece of software. I know that you uh, use quite a bit. I love it more than life itself. It's just you know, I'm I've been using. I don't even know how long. Like probably 15 years. Mm-hmm. I've been using that crazy software. Yeah, you were telling me stories about you were like making like graphics and stuff way back in the early days. Those were the days, my friend. <laughs> I thought they'd never end. Uh, We've got lots more on today's show. If you want to learn how to save money when you're roaming down uh, in the U.S. Or, or Mexico with your cell phone, we can give you the lowdown on that. We'll also be talking with Canada's very first cell phone customers back 30 years ago. We'll uh, see what has changed uh, in his mind. And coming up next, Apple Music has launched their new streaming service. We'll get uh, all the details uh, on that and whether you should uh, go for it or not. You're listening to Get Connected, brought to you by London Drugs here on the Chorus Radio Network, back after this. You're back with Get Connected. Mike Agarbo here with Andy Barrar. We're broadcasting live across the Chorus Radio Network here in Canada. You can also listen to us online at uh, cknw.com or our website at www.getconnectedmedia.com. Well, big launch uh, this week for Apple. They're getting into the streaming game with their Apple Music service, competing against uh, some of the big guys out there right now, RDO, Deezer, Spotify. On the line right now to uh, help us understand what it's all about, we've got Josh O'Kane. He's a reporter over at the Globe and Mail. Thanks for joining us, Josh. No, it's my pleasure, guys. So uh, it's starting to heat up here. I think uh, some people are familiar with some of these streaming services. They, they go for about 10 bucks a month. Uh, I think mm-hmm. I use RDO myself and Spotify, for that matter. Um, what do you use, Andy? I use Spotify and uh, SoundCloud. SoundCloud as well. Uh, Apple getting into the game. They made that announcement back last month. Uh, it's launching now. Uh, tell our listeners uh, what it's all about. Yeah, um, well, it's sort of kind of late entry, really, for Apple uh, into the streaming world. They were sort of owning... The download world, and they have for about a decade here, but uh, numbers came out this past April that showing downloads are now sort of in decline as people are moving towards streaming services. So Apple sort of is flexing its muscle and trying to convince as many of its uh, hundreds of millions of uh, iTunes users to actually uh, start streaming music as a way to sort of supplement the income that they're losing through downloads. It's uh, it's really a, it's quite a there are quite a few features with the new uh, Apple Music app. It's uh, very much similar to uh, Spotify and RDO in that there are sort of about 30 million songs that you can stream for about 10 bucks a month for a single user, 15 bucks a month for a family. There are a lot of sort of discovery uh, opportunities. Uh, you can sort of input the different genres and bands you like. Uh, it'll try to curate different playlists, that sort of thing. Spotify is doing something uh, very similar. Uh, there's also a feature called Connect, uh, which allows you to sort of access different exclusive content put up exclusively through uh, Apple Music. Uh, that uh, artists post themselves uh, to sort of bridge that gap between artists and fans. Uh, but a lot of this, uh, I should say, isn't actually particularly innovative. Uh, Tidal, for instance, was uh, launched uh, a few months ago under the guys, or under uh, the leadership of Jay-Z and a few artists, and uh, it very much also offers the same sort of things uh, that they have uh, with uh, Apple Music's Connect feature. And really just the general notion of streaming, it's going to seem revolutionary to a lot of people who haven't really been paying attention to it, uh, but Apple really is quite late in the game. Spotify's been around since 2007 or so, RDO since 2010, and these are sort of these sort of grassroots operations that sort of really worked at the kinks in uh, the sort of business model for streaming, and now Apple's sort of jumping on board uh, with obviously a huge amount of name recognition. 
Well, it's interesting. I, I've read uh, in a few places, uh, Apple um, feels that there's a huge opportunity for people that aren't streaming music uh, right now. Obviously, they recognize Spotify and these others as competitors, but they feel that there's a huge untapped market out there that hasn't uh, got into the game yet. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I speak regularly with a few uh, different uh, streaming executives uh, when I cover these stories. And the sort of uh, the, uh, the sort of overwhelming feeling has been that the hardest, the biggest comp competitor to, to streaming in the past few years has been knowledge. People don't simply know about it the way they know about streaming video uh, like Netflix and Hulu. Uh, this is definitely going to actually bring a greater sense of uh, awareness uh, to the marketplace uh, for streaming, and that's going to, I think, lift, lift all boats uh, in this particular sea. Uh, Josh, a funny thing that happened, uh, I guess, the last couple of weeks um, Apple was going to give it away for three months that you could go and try it. And then Taylor Swift came out of nowhere and basically said, well, you're not paying the artist for that three-month trial period. Um, you know, that was an interesting take. Apple actually reversed their decision. What did you think about that whole situation? I mean, it, it absolutely made sense. I mean, when I first started covering streaming services, it was really from the perspective, I was, I was really interested in the rights holder's perspective and about how sort of the income streams differ between uh, streaming and downloads because there are really fractions of a penny that people make per individual stream. Uh, the biggest uh, the biggest voices before uh, Taylor Swift came up well, were actually a lot of independent labels. I spoke with uh, the head of Canadian uh, Independent Music Association, and there were different uh, record labels around the world, uh, including uh, XL Recordings, uh, which has Adele on their roster. She's the biggest selling artist, I believe, so far of the 2000s. And all of these labels were basically saying, you know, bigger labels, sort of the major three labels, uh, can sort of afford this sort of hit because they have cash piles. You know, independent labels that really are working with a lot less money are going to really struggle with this because, you know, people are using their their products but not necessarily actually uh, uh, not compensating for them. It, it took Taylor Swift, and she even wrote in her open letter on her Tumblr a couple weekends ago, uh, you know, I'm not doing this on behalf of myself. I'm doing this on behalf of all the other artists who, who need this income uh, from these three-month uh, streaming uh, three months of free streaming uh, in, during the trial period. And it, it was actually it was, it was very nice of Taylor, I think, to really sort of flex her muscle and say, you know, the world's biggest corporation uh, shouldn't be, you know, trying to give away a product for free because otherwise people are going to start asking for free iPhones. I'd like a free iPhone. <laughs> I think we all would. Um, you know, I've, I've been reading a lot of uh, different opinions online saying Apple's too late to get into the streaming game. Uh, you know, Spotify and these other guys have got a lock on it. Um, what are your thoughts on that? I, I kind of uh, disagree with that standpoint. You know, like Apple has got so many users already with iTunes accounts. Uh, it, it seems almost a natural progression for a lot of these uh, existing iTunes customers to kind of migrate over to streaming. I mean, it, that's exactly what they're aiming for, right? They're they're going for people who haven't necessarily thought about streaming before. I don't think this is. Uh, I think they've. It's not too late for them at all, and I think we'll see, I think, by the end of the year or maybe the end of next year, uh, fiscal years anyway, uh, Apple will probably emerge as the dominant uh, streaming player, uh, and I think a few smaller players that we see now will probably wind up dropping out simply because they're going to lose their market share. Spotify will definitely still be around, I think, because they sort of have established themselves as the global leader. Uh, they're one of the few groups that publish their numbers, and they continually boast that they're the number one in the world, and by uh, all accounts, they are. I think it's going to come down to sort of a race between Spotify and Apple, but I think they're both going to have a sense of healthy competition, one that Apple never really had uh, in the MP3 game uh, when they sort of launched the iTunes Store, which is by every measure the most dominant music retailer in the world right now. Uh, but it's, it, 
by no means uh, is Apple too late to this game. I just think they've sort of opened up a more even playing field for other uh, sort of engaged and thoughtful entrepreneurs. Josh, we have a couple of minutes left. I just wanted to get your impressions on Apple Music. I know you wrote a great piece uh, for the Global Mail about it. Uh, maybe tell our listeners what you thought of it when you first tried it out. Really, but the actual app, the actual execution, I thought there, it left a little bit to be desired. I think it's great in that it fills a lot of gaps, uh, you know, for Apple users who are interested in streaming. Uh, they have there's definitely a greater sense that they have more uh, muscle when it comes to negotiating. Uh, for which artists they want to have. For instance, uh, Taylor Swift, for the first time, she's usually very anti-streaming. Uh, she removed all of her catalog from Spotify, and she's never released 1989 and other features on other streaming services. She's opened it for this because they're willing to pay her a rate that she thinks is fair. Uh, that's good. Uh, and in terms of the discovery, uh, it really actually has a sense of the real hand-curated uh, playlists uh, based on what you like, and it's really, really quite intuitive, really interesting, and it, it, there's a lot of thought that's been put into these sorts of this hand curation, uh, rather than just sort of automatically going by algorithms, which certain other streaming services do. Uh, there's a little bit uh, to be left desired when it comes to usage. Uh, a lot of people were complaining on Twitter uh, the day that it dropped. It's the latest version of iTunes, which is required uh, to use uh, Apple Music on a desktop. It wasn't available. They couldn't get it. Uh, and even then, you have to use iTunes. You can't use it in a browser, which really makes it uh, a little bit of a struggle to actually use Apple Music, for instance, at work. A lot of people can't download programs at work. Their IT department simply won't let them. Uh, this will simply hold people back, and they may actually turn to other services, which are available in browsers and a lot easier uh, to use. Um, other than that, I mean, it really just comes to, I think those are those are just kinks that come from launching any new product. I think they're going to iron those out, and they're definitely going to... Anything that they notice as an issue now, Apple has an enormous staff to be able to deal with them. So I think we're going to see a pretty great product uh, within a couple of iterations of this. Whether or not they allow browser access, which I think is probably my biggest qualm with the service, uh, they always want you to work within Apple's ecosystem. It's weird because you can't really share things within Facebook and Twitter through a browser like you normally would, but that's just Apple trying to uh, make you do everything with Apple. It's not something I... I uh, can say I'm surprised by, but yeah, I think we're going to, it's, there's some kinks, but I, I feel like they're going to be ironed out soon. Josh, I want to thank you for joining us today. Where can people find out more information about you? Uh, you can reach me on Twitter. I'm just at uh, Josh O'Kane. That was Josh O'Kane from the Globe and Mail. When we come back, saving money with your smartphone when you're roaming in the U.S. You're listening to Get Connected, brought to you by London Drugs here in the Chorus Radio Network, back after this. You're back with Get Connected. Mike Agarbo here with Andy Barrar. Still lots to talk about in today's show. A little bit later, we'll uh, teach you how to save money while you're roaming with your smartphone down in the U.S. Save yourself hundreds of dollars. Especially if you were going to go down to the States today for the 4th of July, you'll definitely want to tune in to see how you could save lots of money while roaming in the U.S. Interestingly enough, uh, there's an anniversary. 30 years of the cell phone in Canada. It's been that long. I can't believe it. I didn't know... I. I really saw cell phones in the early 90s. I didn't know it went right back to 1985. On the line right now, we've got one of the first cell phone customers in Canada, Victor uh, Sererousis. Is that right, Victor? Sererous. Sererous. You uh, were one of the first customers in Canada that uh, bought a cell phone. How much did you pay for your cell phone back then? Back in 1985, it was a uh, JRS cell phone, and I bought it in Peterborough. And it was $2,800. $2,800. That must have seemed like a fortune back then. Well, it was a lot of money. Um, yeah, 
I don't know what the equivalent would be today, but it was a lot of money back then. Yes, it was. And and why did you get that first cell phone? The reason I got it was the type of business I was in. I was in the I was a funeral director, and a lot of my clientele. Um, I cover, covered a radius of about 300 miles north and southeast and west of Peterborough. And um, instead of having a pager with me all the time where you just, if somebody wanted to get a hold of you, they left a the number, this way uh, I could directly talk to the people as, you know, as they needed me. It was a, a three-watt telephone, and, and uh, it was quite strong back then, and, and it would serve the purpose very well. And and what did this look like? Was it like a cell phones that we know today, or was was it more of a car phone? It was a it was a phone. Uh, well, a car, sort of a car phone. It was like a it was in a bag, and and when you got in your vehicle, you took it out of the bag, plugged it in, in your twelve volt cigarette adapter, and then uh, hooked a mag, there was a magnetic antenna that you could put on the roof of your vehicle, and then you ran a. a cord from the antenna through the vehicle and, and plugged it into the side of the telephone. And it was about seven inches wide and about uh, nine inches long. And about when it sat on the table or on the console of the car, it was about five inches tall with the receiver on the very top. <laughs> and it had a dial pad on top of the receiver with the number pad and uh, send and end. And basically that was it. You must have thought that was amazing back then, though, being able to do telephone calls while you were driving. Oh, it was. Uh, back then, it was. There were no legalities. Like you could, if the phone rang, you could pick it up and talk on it, or else you could just switch it on speakerphone. But um, uh, the people that I worked with, they thought it was quite amazing seeing this phone come out on on their kitchen table. And what are you doing with your house phone here? And I said, it's not a house phone; it's a cell phone. So it was quite, you know, a conversation piece in the beginning, also. Uh, Victor, a lot of us, we always complain about our monthly bills for our uh, cell phones. How much were you paying per month back then? Well, I just remember my f- the first year that I had it, um, I spent $10,000 in, in telephone bills. Wow. And I had the, both networks hooked up to the same time. I had Cantel and uh, Bell Mobility. So basically, depending on where you were, you'd, one would kick over and uh, switch from back and forth. $10,000. It was expensive. <laughs> but was that worth it for your business, though? Yes, it was. Yeah. Because instantly people could, you know, get a hold of you type thing. And back then, I was, I was looking at one of the little brochures that I had. There were four different cell phone plans, and I think it started out at $29 a month and went up to $89 a month. And the $89 a month was for the frequent user, the person making four to six telephone calls a day. <laughs> Wow. Four to four to six telephone calls a day. Yeah. So, so Victor, tell us how did how did you like you know you were the first Canadian customer for a cell phone. How did you find out about that of this service that it even existed back then? That the telephone service existed. Yeah, cellular like a cell phone. You could actually get one. How, how did you even find out that that was well, an option? When I lived in Peterborough, there was a little store and it's still there. It's called Kawartha TV and Stereo, and you could buy computers and and. Uh, television sets and so on and so forth. And I used to go in there quite a bit to buy stereo equipment. And I went in one day and they had uh, this telephone sitting in the window. And I just went in and inquired about it. And I said, how much is it? And they said $2,700. And I bought it. Just like that. <laughs> yeah. Spontane- spontaneous. 
How was the uh, call quality back then? Do you remember? It was excellent because yeah. of the fact that it was uh, such high, high wattage. Yeah. And and you would never lose a call or drop a call. And, and uh, no, it was fantastic back then. And uh, I don't know whether, whether, I don't think they had all that many cell towers around, but the reception was always, always good. And I used it right up until the analog system died out um, probably in the early 90s. And I got a, a message from Bell or I think it was Bell that uh, they were switching over to uh, digital and that you'd have to get rid of your old telephones. So I went from there to a uh, flip phone of some sort. That must have been a huge difference for you. It was because the reception wasn't as good, and the the only nice thing about it, you could put it in your pocket, more or less. So it was still bulky, but it was smaller than what the other one was. Uh, Victor, yep. we got about thirty seconds left here. I just wanted to ask you, what what phone are you using now? Being the first uh, cell phone user in Canada, just kind of curious, what kind of phone are you using uh, today? Well, I went in twenty ten. I retired, and and I said to myself, I wasn't going to use a cell phone anymore. But um, since then. My wife sort of wants to get a hold of me, so I went on Kijiji and bought a used iPhone 4S. So that's what I'm using right now. And do you like it? Not as good as... Uh, well, I shouldn't say that. I, I, I do like it. It's got a lot of neat things and different technology, and I think the newer ones are even better than the old ones. So, But well, the, amazing, the amazing thing about my old phone is I haven't... It came with an original battery, an iCAD battery, and I never used it. And two nights ago, I put the battery pack on the phone just to show somebody, and I pushed the power button, and the, the, it actually came on and started beeping. That's, ama- that's amazing. So that iCAD battery was 30 years old and never been used. <laughs> wow. Well, sometimes the old technology is the, the best. Victor, it's, uh, it was good tech- Canadian technology. Victor, I want to thank you so much uh, for joining us today. Uh, fascinating story. Oh, thank you very much. You have a good day. You too. When we come back, saving money when you're roaming in the U.S. Stay tuned. You're listening to Get Connected, brought to you by London Drugs here in the Chorus Radio Network. Back after this. You're back with Get Connected. Mike and Andy here in studio. Do you travel down to the U.S. or even Mexico? Have you ever run up one of those huge cell phone bills? I know I used to do that uh, all the time, especially with data. Mm-hmm. I know when uh, we used to go to Vegas in January uh, for the Consumer Electronics Show, uh, in the old days, we would spend, uh, you know, hundreds of dollars. Yeah, and you weren't even guaranteed to have a good uh, service because so many people are are using their phones. But with uh, this new service that we use, uh, boy, have we saved a lot of money. On the line right now, we've got Christian Paul from Rome Mobility. Thanks for joining us, Christian. Thank you. Always a pleasure having you uh, on the show. Uh, you guys uh, offer uh, roaming plans and SIMs and phones for people heading down to the U.S., even Mexico uh, now. So I just wanted to chat about some of the new stuff uh, that you guys uh, have going. So uh, typically what I do, I've got an unlocked uh, smartphone, so I uh, have one of your SIMs, and I just top it up with a plan when I go down. But you guys also sell smartphones as well. That's right, yeah. If you need a phone, we have a, uh, an Android smartphone. It's called the Q, and it comes in three sizes. There's a 4.5-inch screen, a 5-inch screen, and a 5.5-inch screen. But the great thing about these phones is that they're already unlocked, so you can use it with our SIM card uh, when you travel to the U.S. or Mexico. And you can even use it uh, in Canada or anywhere else in the world that you go. Um, from my understanding, these are dual-SIM phones? 
That's right. Yeah, dual SIM is kind of a new thing in North America, but what it means is that you can put two SIM cards into the phone and use service from two networks, like whatever cards that you insert there. So basically, uh, for a Canadian, you could put your Canadian uh, SIM card into one slot and your Realm Mobility card into the other slot and uh, just use it on both sides of the border. Christian, if you have two SIMs in your phone, how do you know what number is what when you're getting calls? Yeah, that's a great question. So the great thing with these unlocked uh, dual SIM phones is that it'll actually label uh, each SIM when you insert it. So uh, when you get a call, the label will pop up saying that it came from uh, the carrier on SIM 1 or on SIM 2. So you'll know whether or not you're going to answer that call and, you know, uh, incur any roaming charges or not. See, that's a cool solution, Mike, because when you're in the States, you know, some people, they don't have your U.S. number or your Rome number, yeah. but they still want to get in touch with you. And it could be for business or, or family members trying to contact you. Now, with a dual SIM phone, you can keep your, your phone in there so people can still text you or maybe call you on your Canadian number. But at the same time, you could use all your data is happening on the Rome SIM, so you're not paying those uh, enormous roaming charges when you're in the States. Well, let's talk about some of the uh, the pricing there, Christian. What's uh, the current pricing on uh, on your plans right now for the U.S.? Our most popular plan is our TalkTech Data Daily Plan. So it's $3.95 Canadian per day, and that basically gives you unlimited talk, text, and data uh, while you're in the U.S. And it, as far as long-distance calls and stuff like that, that's all included? That's right, yeah. It includes calling back to Canada for free, so you can call anywhere in North America, and you can even text uh, anywhere in the world, actually. The texting is global. And how much, uh, sorry, unlimited data, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Uh, So the way it works is for every day that you buy, we actually give you uh, 400 megabytes of LTE data that's high speed, and uh, once you use all of that up, we don't cut you off, we just kind of throw... uh, slow you down to uh, a slower speed. But for most people, 400 megabytes is a truckload of data. Yeah, absolutely. It's a lot. And just to be clear, you know, if you bought, let's say, two days, uh, that would be 800 megabytes, and uh, you can use that on uh, any day that your plan is active. So it's not like we give you a daily limit. You know, we just allocate that much to you per day that you buy. Christian, in the summertime, you know, a lot of people have vacation homes in, in the States, so they're spending up to a month. Do you have plans for that as well? Yeah, we do. We have monthly plans which are designed for uh, our snowbirds. And um, the way that works, it's, you know, you, you get uh, two options. There's talk and text only or talk, text, and data. And you can buy anywhere from three to five months of service. And uh, from what I understand now, you guys cover Mexico now too. That's right, yeah. So with the same Rome Mobility SIM card that you use for the U.S., you can buy plans that you can use in Mexico. And uh, the plans for Mexico are a little bit different. They're just bundles of talk, text, and data that are good for a week. And they range from $25 to $75, depending on how much you want. Uh, That's a lot more convenient. I know when I went to Mexico last year, before you guys had these plans, I was checking out some of these other companies uh, that, you know, you could hook up with. It was super confusing and super expensive. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, a $25 price point, that's our... our, uh, lower tier plan and that gives you uh you know 50 megabytes of data 50 text messages outgoing incoming is free and 50 minutes and that's for most people that's enough while they're you know on vacation in mexico always good to have that connection while you're on vacation uh quickly how much are the prices on the phones that you guys are offering now 
so they range from, uh, let me see, the 4.5-inch uh, screen queue is 149 the 5-inch screen is 169 and the 5.5-inch is 219 So all uh, in the $200 price range and, and under, kind of. That's right, and that's all unlocked. There's no contract. You own the phone outright, and uh, it comes with a Roamability SIM card and some accessories like uh, an extra cable, a case, and uh, one of those USB car adapters so you can charge it in the car. And you can use it in Canada and the U.S. for that matter, or Mexico. Yes, you can. Exactly. Christian, I want to thank you for joining us today. Where can people find out more information? You can go to our website, roamability.com. Thanks again for joining us. That was Christian Paul from Rome Mobility. If you're uh, traveling down the U.S. or even Mexico, definitely check these guys out. Uh, you can save a truckload of money. When we come back, it's that time of the week, App of the Week with Christina Stoyanova. You're listening to Get Connected, brought to you by London Drugs here in the Chorus Radio Network. Back after this. You're back with Get Connected, Mike Agarbo and Andy Brewer here in studio. Don't forget, you can always go to our website to check out our uh, radio shows and television uh, segments, www.getconnectedmedia.com. Before we get to the App of the Week segment, Andy, the contest one more time. This week, we're giving away a copy of Corel Paint Shop Pro X7. This is a, a great piece of software if you want to touch up your photos. It doesn't require much skill. It's probably the one piece of software that I know Mike Agarbo is better than anyone out there. I love Corel. You, you're a Corel veteran, yeah, basically. Yeah, for like 15 years. Yeah, you've been using it for a long time. I think that's why they're still alive. Just it made because... me the man that I am today. <laughs> but a great prize. It's a great prize. You've got to try it. Mike can use it. You can use it. Trust me. Just go to our <laughs> website, getconnectedmedia.com. You'll see the contest tab on the left-hand side. Just enter to win the Corel Paint Shop Pro X7. Well, it's that time of the week. App of the week with Christina. Thanks for uh, coming in the studio. What uh, cool app do you have this week? I have an app called Entrust. Entrust. Yes. And so I should trust this app. You should, yes. And what does it do? Uh, so it's a mobile payment processing app. So as we know, um, Apple Pay is still kind of uh, in the works here. They're talking about a November launch, but it's still kind of up in the air. That's the rumor. That is the rumor, yeah. exactly. So it could be November, but it could take longer. Who knows? So there are a bunch of local startups, obviously, who are trying um, to get into this area. Um, and Trust, I think, is actually ahead of the curve by a mile because they've been at this for quite some time. They have... Um, this app that lets you move your money to the cloud, basically. It lets you move it into your Entrust account, and then you can pay for things when you're out on the town uh, at participating merchants, and you can also transfer money to friends and family. So if I had this and you had this, you could send me money. Exactly. When, when I need money. Right. I wouldn't, but... <laughs> <laughs> That's you, a different matter. Well, you know, it's interesting. I think a lot of people are still um, a little wary about uh, electronic money, you know, the digital world of money and the cloud when it comes to their cash. Yeah, you know what? This company, Entrust, has passed uh, a lot of rigorous testing, and they're actually certified to the same standard as a Canadian bank. Really? Yeah. And we trust our banks. Exactly. Um, they're saying that in many cases, Entrust not only meets international banking standards, but actually is exceeding them. And so uh, I transfer my money or chunk of money up uh, into the Entrust cloud. And so these uh, 
retailers, they have to be a participating retailer for that to work? That's right, yeah. And so then I just, when I go there, uh, I just hit the Entrust app and transfer over the cash. Exactly. And they get an immediate notification. Um, in terms of fees, you don't pay anything. The merchant um, pays, but the fees are actually shockingly low. Up to $10,000 for the merchant is free. And after that, it's 1% fee. That would be appealing to a lot of businesses because uh, when you look at the transaction fees you know, from credit card companies and the banks uh, for a lot of these merchants, it really adds up over the, uh, the year. Yeah, exactly. And this is really cool because it uh, lets you, you know, be ahead of the trend and give your customers something that they want because a lot of people want the mobile wallet while at the same time you're not paying a huge amount of fees to do it. Are you ready to trust your money in the cloud? Sure, why not? Yeah. We trust everything else in the cloud, I mean, at this point. I, I look at my mom still. Uh, I think she's still very wary about this kind of thing. But I always try to tell her it's it's probably much safer uh, digitally than it is in the real world. Well, the reality is, is if you do online banking or pay for things online with your credit card, you're still taking a risk. So, I mean, unless you're going to avoid doing that altogether, I don't think this is a huge leap for for anyone. Where can people get this app? It's on the App Store and on Google Play as well. So you can get it for Android and iPhones. Exactly. And free. Yep. Thanks for joining us, Christina. That looks like it's uh, all the time we have left. I want to really thank the uh, folks that helped put the Get Connected show together, uh, the Get Connected team back at the office, uh, Andy Barrar, my co-host and producer, and, of course, Christina for joining us weekly with the App of the Week segment. Mike, Andy, and Christina logging off for Get Connected. We will see you again next time.